This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome back to the Knowledge of Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director of the Knowledge of Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton Accounting Professor Christina Zhu. She has a new paper to talk with us about. It's called Big Data as a Governance Mechanism. Christina, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me here. In this paper, you're talking about how investment managers interact with something called alternative data sets. Can you explain what those are and how they stand in contrast to what types of information they would typically use? So typically when we think about financial information or accounting information, we think of financial statements or analyst reports. So when I say alternative data, I mean data that are not coming from financial reports or any financial statements. And these are data that can include anything ranging from consumer transactions, uh, from credit card statements, to satellite images that take pictures of cars in parking lots. And because all of these data are available now, investment managers are trying to get as much data as they can to make better investment decisions. And these are data that are even more granular and provide data in a more timely manner than they have gotten before. Now, how much more data do investment managers have at their fingertips than they did in the past? And how does that make it more challenging to sort of sift through and figure out what matters? So you're exactly right that because there's so much more data out there, it's also more challenging to sift through the data. These are very sophisticated investors. They have training in statistics and in finance, and they're very familiar with what data can be linked to economic activity. So just to give you an example of Uh, how much data there is out there, at least 20% of hedge funds with more than $1 billion in AUM have multiple people just dedicated to finding these alternative data sets and understanding how they relate to companies' earnings. Now, how did you test the impact of this alternative data? So what I did was I obtained access to two private data sources, One was from a satellite image data company, and the other was from a company that has online consumer transactions. I assessed the availability of these data sets and which companies they covered. And most of these data are going to cover companies that sell products directly to consumers. So my empirical tests focus on companies that sell products to consumers And I have a control set of companies that are not as affected by alternative data. And so I assess the impact of these sophisticated investors using alternative data on companies that sell products to consumers relative to the outcomes of companies that don't sell products to consumers but are still economically related. And what were the key impacts? So the first finding of the paper is that price informativeness increases. That means that prices are reflecting more of the accounting information, more of the earnings and revenues of the company. So the first finding is that the current returns, the current stock returns of the company, include more information about future earnings of the company. And then the second set of findings, which I think are incredibly interesting, are that because prices are becoming more informative, the corporate manager's actions are changing as well. So one, corporate managers are less likely to trade on their 
better or private information about their own firm, and they are more likely to make better investment and divestment decisions. Now, managers probably are a little bit aware of this, at least on the individual level, that this kind of data is having an impact on the actions they take. Why is it good for the industry to know that this is having a macro effect as well? So I think the findings are relevant both to investors, to managers, as well as to regulators who are deciding whether or not these types of data should be required to be disclosed by companies themselves rather than collected by these third-party companies that are selling the data to sophisticated investors. And as an investor, it's important to know that these data are out there not just because you might be able to acquire the data yourself, but because knowing that these sophisticated investors are trading on the data can help you understand why prices are moving in a certain way and why the earnings announcement returns might not be as great as they were before because these sophisticated investors are trading as soon as the data come out, which is before the earnings announcement, the public release of the information is occurring. Now, there's been a lot of talk lately about quarterly earnings data and whether that should be rolled back to twice a year instead of four times a year. Does this paper speak to just the idea that it's not just that data that's helping to inform the markets anymore? I think so. So the talk about quarterly data being released every uh, every half year instead of every quarter, uh, you could think about my paper as as studying what happens when the data are released at a daily level. But it's not exactly that simple because the data are only released to sophisticated investors that actually have the capital to invest in these data sets, which can cost upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If the data were released to the public, it's not clear that the same results would hold because the data are messy. They're difficult to understand. It's a huge volume of data. So if retail investors were to get their hands on the data, it's not clear that the same price informativeness results would hold. So I do think that my results speak to this debate that's going on, but it's not clear whether reporting should be more frequent or less frequent. You also have another paper that looks at how earnings news impacts the moves of individual investors. And you actually found something pretty surprising in that paper that I'd like you to share with us. Yeah, so in that paper, my co-authors and I found that individual investors, just because they have information in front of them about prices and, and earnings, does not mean that they're actually going to use the information. So there are different levels of costs that people have when they need to use information, and that includes being aware of the information, actually extracting the information, and then understanding how to integrate the information into their valuation and trading decisions. And we found that just lowering the first two costs is not enough to have individual investors actually trade on earnings because they don't understand earnings, even when the information is readily available to them and they are clearly trading on something, they aren't necessarily trading on the relevant earnings information. They're ignoring this value relevant information because they just don't understand how to incorporate it into their trades. So that's related to the paper that we're talking about today because just because you have more data doesn't mean that you're going to make better decisions. And here we see two sets of investors. One set of investors is sophisticated, understands how to trade on information that's incredibly huge, messy, and difficult to process. 
But then we have another set of investors that even when the information is provided to them in an easily readable format, they still don't trade on that information. So what does that say about what individual investors would need or what kind of model could come out to help them be better informed and get data they can use or would want to use? So in this paper, what we found was that because the individual investors don't necessarily understand how to use the earnings information, uh, they're not trading on it. So it might be relevant for the SEC uh, to think about how to educate individual investors on how to use earnings information rather than just simply improving access to the information. And what are some other future lines for your research? So I'm really interested in this feedback loop between information acquisition costs, the markets, and uh, firms' managers' incentives. So I have one paper that looks at managers' incentives and understands how the peer groups for compensation benchmarking are, whether or not they're uh, used for rent extraction or they're used for aspirational purposes. I'm also very interested in many different disclosure questions and understanding uh, when firms are disclosing more or less information and whether or not they're taking advantage of these information acquisition costs that individual investors have. Christina, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You can find all of Knowledge at Wharton's articles, podcasts, and more on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. You can also find all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. It really does help like-minded folks to find the podcast. Thanks for listening. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.